0: wow oh wow, wow that was a great episode i just got done recording with stefan miller who is kind of a bit of everything stefan's uh worked for Nike, worked for porsche um he's doing his own thing right now that's what he does professionally but he has a, a, a passion and a, a very deep running interest in we use the term spiritual practice without sounding too spiritual things like meditation mindfulness gratitude journaling um Stephen went and did a 10-day retreat in nepal which a silent retreat in nepal where you basically just sit and think about yourself for 10 days which no phone no wallet no nothing um, and the whole experience <laughs> sounds awfully daunting if you think about how many times you check your phone every day um, Stephen and i discussed a bunch of ways that you can optimize your uh your well-being, your your health and your, your kind of mental health by using practices such as meditating, mindfulness, journaling and gratitude. I've been on a bit of a kick lately trying to find ways to help people optimize their performance in the gym and obviously there's a lot of time that we don't spend in the gym so it was cool to speak to Stefan about ways we can look at optimizing our health. Um, also discussing the an understanding that it's not really realistic for you to be able to do all these things all day, every day, and life's in the way, and it's just a case of you prioritizing and, and using the ones that work best for you. One of the, some, A couple of the cool things that I really got out of it was something Stefan said on you being the best version of yourself which is a very common term and people always want to strive to be that. But when you think about the real reason why you need to be the best version of yourself is for once you understand who you are and what you're about and why you're doing what you're doing, then you can start to understand how you can help and service other people better rather than doing it from the top down. Really interesting conversation. Really looking forward to hearing you guys, uh, your feedback on this episode. I find it really valuable, Stefan's a great guy. Um, You can find the links to all the places that you can find his stuff in the show notes. Enjoy episode 116 with Stefan Mueller. All right, gang. Welcome to Basically Podcast episode 116. I'm here with Stefan Mueller. How you doing, brother?
1: Very good. 116.
0: 116. That's a lot. That's yeah, impressive. we. I've been pretty slack lately. We used to do one a week, and we did one a week consistently, and we hit two years, and then we took a break, and then um, the last couple of weeks have been hit or miss. Has been busy, but we're, we're back in now. We're back on a four week roll, so we're, we're back to it. But less about me, Stefan. How you doing? Very good. Um, so we met way back, long, long, long time ago, um, and I've been, I've been following you since then. You've always been someone I wanted to reach out to and and have you on the show just because of the subjects that you post about and stuff you talk about. And you have your own podcast and the guests that you bring on are always super interesting. So I was just like, this is someone that I want to reach out to eventually. And I was speaking to Tarek Rumi the other day. Tarek actually seems to be a lot of the connections for the people that I get on the guests come from Tarek. He gets a lot of shout outs uh yeah and i just messaged you and said look uh doing this would you be interested? And you were super willing to do it and then we're sat here doing that now so here we are
1: yeah Tariq's a great friend he's a great dude and uh and i'm happy that i'm here today
0: that's uh it was when i called you the other day i had a quick call the other day you guys sound very similar did you grow up here as well yeah i think you've got that kind of like natural like that dubai i grew up in dubai which school did you go to dubai american academy an american school in dubai yeah Yeah, i I thought i was speaking to tarot for a second i checked my phone i was (laughs) like it's Uh, like
1: a what i've realized is it's like a merged accent like all the people that you deal with in dubai over the years whether it's south african australian or then like indian and american and this and that like it just merges into this one accent that is what you're listening to now
0: but mine's mixed because i left the uk when i was 13 so i kind of had it was kind of established and moved here and went to a very international school where you spend a lot of time speaking to people from different cultures and trying to understand different people. So I'm definitely English, but I get Australia and South Africa, New Zealand, everything all the time. Cause people just assume that oh, he's not English. He doesn't sound it, but I think that's just growing <laughs> confusing up here. to listen yeah. to. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, so Stephen, why don't you give us this? Uh, it doesn't even have to be quick. I'm more interested in the details, a uh, rundown of who you are, what you're doing and, and why I've got you on the show today.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's the short version and the long version. I'll start with the short version, and we can sort of dive deeper into it when needed. Um, so I'm half Dutch, half Indian. Okay. I I grew up pretty much here since I was 14. Uh, moved to the U.S. when I was 18 to play college tennis. Oh, cool. Um, for five years, I was in New York City. Then I came back and started working for Nike, which is when we met. Yeah. Um, we must have met like. Five years ago, four or five years ago. I say about
0: four years ago when we first opened the gym. So it'd be about four years ago. Yeah,
1: it was pretty much directly when you guys first opened. That's right. So I was at Nike for six years in total. What were you doing there? I was doing everything. So I I started. I I had four positions in six years. And yeah, I I really try to mix things up as well. And what Nike does a great job at is like they like to put you in different fields, not to really just focus on the one, so that you start learning about everything related to the brand. So you get like a comprehensive understanding, so I was in marketing, I was in sales, I was in brand, I was in football, team sports, I was in kind of everything okay. but there's a certain point where you hit a ceiling in any company yeah um, and so I was like okay let's let's look for a new challenge. The new challenge was Porsche, so the car brand, and um, I was there for only eight, nine months or something like that okay. enjoyed it, yep, um, you know, very as you can imagine very efficient company yeah. no? the Germans the German, efficiency. <laughs> the German efficiency and um, and but then two of my uh, friends from when I was 15 16 approached me and they were like listen we started this business we want you to join as a partner and I was like okay let's let's have a chat let's sit down let's see what um, what we can work out and and um, and yeah I joined them t- two years ago now
0: okay yeah cool and then, so all of those things is, uh, that's your, your career. So all the things that I've seen uh, of you on social media in, so I'm on a bit of a kick at the moment, last couple of months is I've always been a, a gym guy, I've always been health and fitness through and through. And lately I've been on this path of realizing and trying to get people to understand that there's way more that you can achieve from your training by folks on the stuff outside. And it's the whole like, oh, you only come to the gym for an hour a day, there's 23 hours, what are you doing in that time? And a lot of the stuff I see you talking about is um, mindfulness, meditation, gratitude, sleep routine, nutrition, stuff like this. That's not your career. Yeah, this is just passion for you. This is just like a hobby. This is stuff you're interested in. Yeah, cool. And that's and
1: that's like evolved over the years. Like everything, right? Like I think for me, there were some key moments in the last few years where I started really focusing on. Let's. I don't really want to call
0: it the spiritual side of life, but it is it is kind of the That's a good way of piece. putting it, actually. That's yeah. like I spoke to a couple people this week about, oh, we're doing this stuff, and it's like, what's the subject?" And I was kind of struggling for a way to to package all those pieces together. Yeah, but spiritual is kind of a good way. It's yeah. not necessarily the most accurate way to describe it, but I think that's a good way to package those, those elements. Yeah, because
1: I think, like, for, for me, what I really tend to focus on is, yeah, the spiritual side in terms of, how I educate myself, right? Because I think that's also important. Like how to keep learning. For sure. Um, the meditation piece yep. and the mindfulness piece, or so whether that's journaling or whatever else that that encompasses that. And then, as part of that, you also have like daily routines and and discipline and nice. you know diet and these sort of things, which doesn't really fall under spirituality. So it's of course kind of a mix mix of different things. And we can go into. Whatever you,
0: yeah, I'm sure it will. Um, we did, I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago with a guy called Matt Marney, who is a meditation uh coach. I think he coaches people to teach meditation and runs meditation programs. He's a Pilates instructor, but the most unassuming meditation coach you'd ever think like. I think you could you've got quite a soothing voice, you'd listen to someone, it'd be quite calming. He's from Milton Keynes and it sounds, <laughs> sounds like a southern Londoner, and he's just very like uh, lively and very exciting. And it was, it was very f- interesting to speak to him because i've been trying to get into meditation I've, and i've been a bit slack this week but for the last three months i've done it every morning no idea what i'm doing just kind of like trying to figure it out as we go listen to guided meditations and i had a lot of questions so selfishly i went into this interview with a lot of questions that i wanted to get out of it which i'm sure would be beneficial for other people and a couple of things that he said made me realize that meditation isn't what i thought it was and what his description with it what you're trying to achieve through it i was just like huh that seems like a a lot more reasonable a lot more easy to achieve than what i was trying to do this whole like clear your mind and nothingness Mm. and and he was like nah you have to you're training your mind to to experience thoughts and then have the equanimity to understand that that's just a thought and i was just like okay yeah that's what i do every day um and another thing that was interesting for me is the how the how breathing isn't necessarily related to meditation. That's just a byproduct to stay present. I was like, I thought it was all about the breathing. So that's really interesting as well. So that was a really fun one. So it's cool to get someone else on to get another uh, a opinion on meditation and stuff like that. Um, what for you was your motivation to to go down this route of, we'll say quote unquote spiritual, uh, all these activities. And, and what was it for you? Why did you get into it? Why did you start exploring this stuff?
1: Yeah. So I'll tell you the story about yeah. how it sort of started. I, uh, for, for starters, I started meditating in college okay. um, and, and the way that started was I took a psychology class, intro psych yeah. class, and in in the US and obviously in a lot of places around the world, there's some classes that are like 300, 400 people. Mm. And so this class was about 300, uh, 300 students and one teacher and the teacher was just a rock star. Like okay. he came in and he just like basically mic dropped and he was just, <laughs> everyone <laughs> was nice. like, this guy is incredible. And it was a psychology class, right? Okay. So. So I went to him after one of the classes and I was like, listen, don't know what I'm talking to you about here, but like, I just want to have a conversation with you because you're super cool. So we started talking, I started working with him on a few different projects. And then he was like, I'm, I'm going to do a positive psychology class next semester. He's like, "Register for it. I was like, okay, cool. So I registered for it and, and 20 people in the class, um, he basically hand selected the people that were oh, wow. going to be in this class. And we meditated 20 minutes before we properly started the class every like single that. time. Yeah, so that's how we got into, that's how I got into that. And then all of a sudden, like you, with you as well, like you, you once you practice it regularly, you'll notice some differences. They might be very subtle, but yeah. you'll notice some differences, right? Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is obviously here to stay. So it became part of, not necessarily my daily routine, because when you're 21 and you're in college and you're in the US, it's not like, yeah, it's like you know, priority, yeah. Yeah, becoming a monk or anything like yeah. that. Um, yeah, it's not a priority for sure. But it helped me with, even with tennis, like uh, when I played college tennis, like when I was playing ga- games and stuff, it really helped. You guys won't be able to know this because this is just an audio podcast, but Stefan's really tall. Yeah, six foot seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really tall. <laughs> um, so a few years later, so fast forward when I was 25, mm-hmm. I was working at Nike, I was doing my MBA, uh, executive MBA, and I was working on a startup. So I was doing these three things uh, which took 16 hours of my day. Right. And it wasn't that I was overwhelmed by the amount of time that it took because I was kind of used to sacrificing and through tennis and whatever else, like I was used to that. For me, the, the difficult thing was switching attention between the three things. So basically finishing work at six o'clock, coming okay. home and then focusing on studying and then focusing on um, the startup piece. And, and, and it, wasn't, it was very inefficient. I would love, to, I'm excited to hear how you
0: did this cause I struggle with that a lot.
1: Yeah, well meditation was one thing, okay. right? Like one of the things that I've, even now till today what I do is, let's say that you're switching from meeting to meeting, yeah. right? Which all of us on this, all of us do. One of the things that I do is instead of like finishing the meeting and then checking my WhatsApp and checking my Instagram, and dah, 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 I'll just focus on my breath for 30 seconds. Cool. Literally, it just grounds you and it just brings you back to the present moment and then you do whatever you gotta do. Just 30 seconds in between. And then all of a sudden you kind of like quickly reflect on the last meeting and then mm-hmm. you quickly prep for the next meeting. Like that's sort nice. of the byproduct of that. Um, but anyway, so there was one particular night where I was studying for a finance test out of all things. It was a Tuesday night. And I got like three pages in and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, when you have that feeling, you're like, this just doesn't feel right anymore. Yeah. So, what I always did, whenever I was in doubt about anything, was I would watch YouTube and specifically Gary V. Okay, and I would just let him shout at me for for two, <laughs> three minutes, just call me all kinds of names, yeah. and then I'd be like, okay, you know what, you got this. Like, let's go back to it and and just beast it out, basically. Right. Go. Cool. This whole hustle mentality, right? Like, yeah. I was all I was super into that. Um, but then instead of that, I watched Jay Shetty. Yeah. So I watched a Jay Shetty video on the Tom Bilio um, Impact Theory Impact podcast. Theory. And one of the things he was talking about very particularly was why do we do what we do? And so obviously, like, you know, for anyone listening, the first thing you're going to think about is what your job is. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, why do we work where we work? But also think about, like, why do we wear what we wear, drive what we drive, eat what we eat? live where we live, hang out with who we hang out with, like asking all these questions was something I'd never done before, right? So it wasn't something where you consciously sit and say, okay, why am I drinking this cup of coffee? Or why do I have this phone? Or why am I having this conversation? Like questioning why you're actually doing things. And I was like, you know what, let me do this. Like, let me, let me sit down for the next, uh, initially I thought it was gonna be like 10 minutes. Yeah. It ended up being like two hours. Is this in the middle of uh, your finance test. Literally <laughs> in the middle of me studying for my finance test. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there in my room, like just sitting and just thinking. And so the first thing I started with was my MBA, right? Like, I'm like, why am I doing my MBA? My mom's Indian, so education, security, very important, right? So is it to make her proud? If so, it's fine, yep. but just acknowledge that. Yeah. Uh, The second thing is, is it status, right? Is it like me finishing this and going to my friends and be like, Hey, like look Uh, at what I have, you know, Um, or is it job advancement or whatever it is. But what I quickly realized was it was, there was no clear reason that felt right. So the next morning I quit my MBA. Oh wow. Yeah. Literally like I woke up and I emailed my university and I was like, guys, I'm out. Yeah. Um, So quit that. I also ended up quitting, working on this startup that I was working on. And I continued with Nike because Nike for me was, I I loved it, I still love it. I think it's a fantastic brand to work for. So this essentially started this process of like questioning things, right? Um, And really being mindful about where you spend your time and how you spend your time and how you prioritize your day and like all these sort of things. Because I feel a lot of us just kind of go through life and whatever happens, happens. Yep. And, you know, if you watch Netflix, great. And then you get stuck there for six hours and mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Uh, and I'm not judging any of that. I'm just saying, like, it might be a good idea to start, like, questioning things. So a few months later, by coincidence, I stumbled upon um, a silent retreat. Oh, interesting. And I don't even know, I, can't, I till now, I can't remember how it came into my life. I think I was having a conversation with someone who said, like, oh, you should check this out. Checked it out where was that it was in nepal oh wow so it was in Kathmandu. it's a place called kopan monastery okay. and it's basically a buddhist monastery with 200 monks that live there and Crazy. um and you can go there and spend whatever 10 days there in silence and you have to <laughs> get rid of your phone yeah. like you, you're handing your phone you hand your laptop whatever electronic devices you give them your wallet you give them your passport like you give them everything and so all you're left with is a notebook a book to read and then your clothes, wow. and then whatever toiletries and whatever else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you're given this little room. Uh, obviously, no AC. Nothing. Like it's just literally yeah, a yeah, bed. Raw. And then, um, and then you have your shower and whatever else. So, I was like, let me let me go there. And the way that the days were structured was you do six hours of meditation, not in a row, but like oh, six hours okay. throughout the day, and six hours of. Buddhist teachings from the monks that apply to life. Okay. Not just the more, not really on the religious side, but more on the like, how to be a good person Mm -hmm. 101 sort of thing. Yep. So I went there for 10 days. And so basically, this journey, you know, the four or five months leading up to this, along with that experience, kind of solidified this, you know, thing where I was like, okay, like this is what I really need to start focusing on. And there's benefit in this. And then when I came back, I was like, okay, I've learned so much in the last five, six months. How do I communicate this to people, right? This is when I started my own podcast. Yeah. Where I was like, this is probably the best way for me to do it because I'm not good in front of a camera necessarily. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't like being like center of attention or anything like that. Yeah. But I like to just have conversations with people. 100 So, So, I think that's where it started and... and that's when I started working on uh, the additional things about habits and routines and things because I saw that the monks are so militant with that, right? Like they wake up at like 3.30 a.m. and they they chant and then they do this and then they do that. Their entire day is planned out. That's crazy. How long were you there for? How long did you 10 have? days. Oh, that's it, insane. It was, because um, I was like, you know, I had run a marathon just before. Uh, I've been an athlete all my life. So I was like, physically like physical challenges not like i've done everything in the world but like Mm -hmm. you know i feel rather more accomplished in that than in let's call them mental challenges so i was like what if i just go there and that was the reason i I went i was like let me just challenge myself because this 10 days of not speaking
0: and like I was like, that's going to, and not being with your phone, by the way, is huge. I was going to say, like, how often, like you said, in between meetings, first thing people do is just grab their phone or, like, even out here we're coaching, like, we finish coaching, first thing you do, check your phone, whatever. And even if, like, I'll do it, but mine's, like, to check, has anyone messaged me? Does anyone need anything from me? Like, just being so onto it and engaged in that is not being internal and and focused on the stuff that you need to focus on. And that's the thing,
1: like, you become very... um you almost become anxious when you don't have it, right? Like yeah. if you don't have it around you. Like for me, the first the first twenty four, forty-eight hours in the retreat, I was like, Jesus, like what if this and what if that? Right? Like what if there's something there's with my family or there's something or whatever, yeah. with uh with my friends or my sister yeah, yeah. or my uh my work or whatever it is. But then I was like, okay, like My parents have the number of the monastery, if anything, they can call. Hmm. Um, Nike is not gonna die, (laughs) you know, because I'm gone for 10 days. So let's just, you know, let's not get our ego all inflated about that either. Um, And then when you start accepting that, then you realize, one, you realize how attached we are to technology. Mm. Uh, But secondly, like, it started freeing up this part of my brain where I was like, okay, there's so many thoughts that I would usually have in a day that I don't have right now, simply
0: because I'm disconnected from the outside world, which is fantastic. And do you think that's what scares people? That's what 100%. People, they just can't afford to, like they can't bear being away from that connection to that. I think what scares people is, so for instance,
1: if you if you sit at home and you have a difficult thought that enters your head, mm. right? Like something that's that's difficult to... To deal with like uncomfortable, yep. The first thing you're gonna do is distract yourself, mm-hmm. and distract yourself might be even having a conversation, right? It yep. might be grabbing your phone, it might be watching Netflix, it might be just whatever it is. But yep. for us, it's so easy to distract ourselves nowadays. Yeah. So sitting by yourself, alone in silence, and dealing with the shit that's going on in your head is something none of us do, unless. Oh, I mean if you meditate daily yeah you do it for whatever 10 20 minutes a day yeah but not for 10 days in a row yeah right because for me the hardest thing when i was in silence wasn't that i couldn't speak to someone for the sake of speaking it was speaking to someone because i wanted to share what was going on in my head okay right so i was writing like i've never written like i wrote 70 long pages back to back wow um just with like vomiting my thoughts. Yeah, you know, like that was really it. Like I looked at it after. I'm like, half of this shit doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but some of the things were like super profound, right? Like there were other things in there where I was like, whoa, like sure. that, is, that is, I would have never thought about that if if um you didn't have that time to sit inside and think about it. Yeah. So I think it's it's the the, the 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 uncomfortable thing for people to is the the reason it's uncomfortable for people to be away from their phones is because it serves as a distraction mm. one of the reasons yeah and, then the, you're,
0: and you're not going to be forced to deal with those thoughts
1: yeah because at the end of the day like when you and I were growing up as kids until probably quite a late age given like when we grew up like I didn't have a phone until I was like 14 yeah same you know and I wasn't missing anything in my nah. life you know and when I was 14 even when I was 15 16 like I had a phone but i, I barely use it because it was like a piece of shit phone yeah for sure and it was like oh you need it for emergencies if you're doing for something, emergencies. Not to spend your whole day on yeah. yeah so it's not like we can't do without it. it's just yeah. like now we're just so acclimatized and accustomed to yeah. having it in our lives that it's just it's literally an extension of us yeah unfortunately for sure. and fortunately i guess to a certain extent
0: so then how do you take what you experienced in those 10 days which is this amazing experience which you I'm sure got a lot out of and then exercise some of that they, like, there's things like meditation and, and trying to take breaks from your phone in between but obviously you're never going to get I'm guessing you have to sit there for a while until you get to the point where you have to face these difficult conversations how can you implement some of that like when you're not in Nepal in a monastery
1: yeah so I think there's a few habits because I also came back and I was like okay let's manage expectations right like yeah you're not you're, you are going back to the Western world
0: yeah and you are going you have to have a be, job and you have, and you have a job and you have
1: to speak to people yeah. and like you have to use technology you just don't have a choice yeah. so don't be that guy who's just gonna <laughs> renounce every denounce everything and just try to live like a monk because it's not gonna happen yeah but like let's see how we can find a balance between what I've learned there and the world i'm going back to now um and again that was also a questioning process of of prioritizing time right like understanding how to most effectively spend my time because i'm an ambitious guy and i've always been an ambitious guy so it's also not like you know monks don't really have ambitious goals right it's not like they want to i mean at least consciously change the world or you know, make millions of dollars or whatever it is. It's, it's not something they're that not goes chasing on promotion. And, yeah. Or. They don't chase anything really. And and that's one of the reasons that they're so free. Um, but so for me, I was like, okay, what habits can I implement on a daily basis? Firstly, that are value adding to my life Okay. in order for me to become the best version of me. And the reason I say best version of me is because the people around you deserve the best version of you. Right? Agreed. If you wake up and you're in a bad mood and you're just a dickhead all day, right. like, you know, unfortunately it, it it's gonna impact everyone around you, right? And there's just no, there's no preventing that. It's gonna impact your loved ones, it's gonna impact your friends, your colleagues, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I was like, how can I make a conscious effort to be consistently the best version of myself? And best version meaning like the kindest possible version of me. Um, not comparing myself to anyone else, right? Not kinder than Craig, yeah. but just me. Yeah. So first thing was meditation. I was like, we're not gonna do two, three hours, right? We're just gonna do, for me at that point, it was 30 minutes, which, which does sound like a lot uh, for someone who's never meditated before. And, but 30 minutes for me was, was a starting point. Journaling was a huge thing as well. Okay. Because I realized how much impact writing
0: had while I was there. Okay. Um I've never tried the journaling part. That's the one thing that I haven't tried with which I'm super not like I think it's kind of I got that whole fear of what will happen if I if I do it. Not the the I'm kind of anxious about what am I going to have to face if I start writing this stuff down. So there's there's a practice which you can try which is
1: the easiest way to get into journaling. It's called morning pages. Okay. So morning pages is something that I got from Tim Ferriss. I can't remember where he got it from. Uh, Julia Cameron, I think her name is. It's a book called The Artist's Way. Okay. And in The Artist's Way, she basically gives like different practices that she uses in order to become the most creative version of yourself. Now, what Tim Ferriss used it for, and the reason I got into it, is basically to to trap your thoughts on paper, mm-hmm. right? And, and the timing to do that is the first, mo- the, like, as soon as you wake up, you go to the bathroom, you wash your face, whatever it is, you sit down and you write it's supposed to be three pages of whatever it is that you think about. Okay. Because a lot of us, I mean whether you wanna admit it or not, like wake up with whether it's anxiety, hmm and anxiety in the in the form of like our to-do list for the day. Yeah. Right? Like I woke up this morning and I'm like Oh, I got the podcast today. Yeah. Right. And then I got this and I got that. And then I got that. Like already you're scheduling your whole day in your head the second that you wake up. It's not like you wake up and you're chilled and you're, yeah, yeah, you're chilled and everything else. So what happens is that when you, when you wake up and you write everything down for whatever reason, it's out of your mind now. Okay. And it's on a piece of paper. And what, what I felt is just a, a tremendous amount of clarity. This takes... This could take anywhere from from 5 minutes if you just want to write one page mm-hmm. to 15 20 minutes if you actually want to write all three. And it's not like it's a smooth process, right? Like it's yeah. Like you'll write and then all of a sudden like you'll blank and like you'll sit there and then you'll start writing again, right. but you're just writing everything very in a very raw sort of fashion. Okay. It's not it's not forced and it's not, you know, it, so that's one practice I think that a lot of people can can benefit from. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so I actually do
0: that first thing in the morning. Nice. Um, I think that's something I, I want to try. Like I said, I'm trying to play with many of these things to get a better understanding. And, and like, I want to explore this stuff because I want to find ways to help other people. But one thing that the way you're talking about it is your approach is to make you the best version of yourself because then you can service people better and you're a better part of your community. And I think that's kind of the one of the approaches ways that my approach is faulty for myself because I'm not doing it for me. And I think until you're doing it for yourself and you understand why you're doing what you're doing and who you are, you're going to struggle to be able to do that for other people. That's a very good point. That's a very good way of looking at and it. And I listened to something recently. It's, uh, it's a bit of a meathead book. I am enjoying it, but it's uh, Tim Grover, who was Michael Jordan's strength and conditioning coach, Yeah, Relentless. And he's talking about there's three different types of people, and there's, there's coolers, there's closers, and there's cleaners. And the cleaners are guys that will take care of everything. They don't want to pat on the back. They do it because it needs to be done, and they love the challenge of doing stuff that they can't do. And, um, and one of the, the traits is they know who they are, and they're not, they don't question that, and they're not doing it for approval. They're doing it because it's what they know they have to do. And I think that's kind of a lot of things you said is you're doing this because you want to be able to understand yourself and then why you want to do this thing. And, and that allows you to be a better person versus trying to engineer in it so you can be a better person. Yeah. So I think you have to definitely start with yourself and start with your why, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You got to start with, you got to start with your why a hundred percent. And I think self-awareness
1: is just so incredibly mm-hmm. important. And through processes like this, you know, you, you get a clear understanding of who you are and. And frankly, you see where your shortcomings are, right? As a person, or you see where you're actually really strong as a person as well. And I think then, you know, based on what you're saying in terms of giving back to the community and like helping other people, you'll also clearly be able to see where your value lies. Mm Versus where it doesn't lie. Yeah. And maybe before, like
0: you're you're trying to give from your shortcomings versus from your strengths. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. True. That's you know. a good point. You, so you've always been an athlete, and then on, over recent years you've taken on this approach to understand yourself better and, and these spiritual exercises. Have you noticed that? I'm assuming you're not as competitive as you used to be when you were playing pro tennis. But have you noticed any benefits to physical health that this has allowed for you, or this has allowed you to have so those? Like, are you still running? Yeah. I'm still running um like, I, st- I still work out
1: every every day nice. and it's part of it's part of my practice mm. right and I think like with like with you when you said you've meditated every day for 3 months mm. I was like holy shit like that's extremely impressive mm. right because a lot of people would do it on and off or they'll give up or whatever it is and I think because you come from you know this background of of sports and fitness yeah it's built a certain amount of discipline in you right like you know that you need to wake up and you need to get that workout in yeah right and if you don't then either you're gonna feel like shit or you just feel disappointed or you see it as a failure or whatever it may be yeah and i think what's helped me is the discipline that i learned as an athlete of Mm. sacrifice one sacrifice is extremely important right like Yeah, yeah yeah maybe not going out drinking with the boys one night if you have to do next day. a podcast the next a day, the next day next or day, yeah. whatever it may be at yeah, this yeah. point, right? Before it was a match or before it was something else. Yeah. But again, it's then prioritizing. So I think this, the the sacrifice was one thing. The discipline it built, though, was the most important thing because yeah. I feel like in order to build a habit, you know, we can talk about how to build a habit effectively, but I think the number one thing you need is discipline. Okay. There's There's nothing else more important than saying oh, it feels a bit rough. Should I do it today? Do I want to do it
0: today? Should I just sit on the couch and step? No, you got to fucking do it. And that's when we, we, we look at, like, the hard option. Is Making the hard option is, like, you may look at that simply as I'm going to go, and we, I always talk about this with training, is, like, okay, if you've got the option to do, like, Ten minutes or eight minutes, and you know ten minutes is going to be harder, and you can do it. Do the ten-minute option, but I think you have to be a bit more open-minded with to what the hard option is. Like it's waking up and deciding to journal, deciding to meditate, not watching an extra episode of Netflix and go in bed when you're supposed to. So you can do is that's the discipline aspect, right? Because you're not always going to be motivated. You're not always gonna like. I'm not always gonna wake up like. Yeah, I really want to train today. Sometimes you're gonna have to force yourself and use discipline to be able to stay committed to that. Is how have you found that and since you've started doing this stuff is I'm sure every day you don't wake wake up feeling like oh, I'm going to journal and I'm going to meditate today. Yeah. Is that just exercising discipline and making sure you do it because you know it's going to be beneficial to you?
1: Yeah. So you, like your example of the eight minutes versus the 10 minutes. Yeah. That means you're already in the gym. Yeah. Right. So then it's a different decision that you have to That's make. That's true. And it's a bit easier to make the 10 minute decision at that point because you're you're already here. Yeah. Like, I think the hard, the hard thing for people is is that... So I, I prioritize small successes over medium failures. Oh, nice. So, and, and what I mean by that is, let's say that you wake up in the morning and you want to go and work out. Mm-hmm. Now, a workout could be, I'm going to go to the gym for an hour and I'm going to do a class and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. If you miss that, I consider that a medium failure. Okay. A small success is waking up and going for a walk. Yeah. Right? You're moving. You're still I mean it depends on who it is, right? For you a walk might not feel like a success, but someone who doesn't really work out and wants to get into the habit of being active, mm. I wouldn't say go work out, you know, do a CrossFit workout 3-4 times a week to start off with. Mm-hmm. Like go for a walk two times this week. Yeah. Right? Get get the feeling of what it feels like one to move your body, but two to accomplish something. Because if you're setting yourself up for, for failure, which you essentially are if you set these grandiose goals from the mm. offset, um, it's not gonna work. So rather build up, like I, I, I'm a big believer in starting small and, and, and building up from there. Definitely. I always have been. Um, and so I think that's, that's a big thing, like setting small habits, and, it, and it's with everything in life. Like I, a, a great example is, I can't remember the guy who wrote Tiny Habits but there's a book called Tiny Habits and, and they speak about um, exactly what I'm basically saying, where he was like, if, if I'm sitting with a client and the client's like, okay, I wanna start working out, how do, I, how do I do this? His first approach was for three times a week to a 45 minute workout, this is the workout, I'm gonna show you, blah, 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 blah. Client came back one month later, worked out once, Okay. okay? So then he was like, okay, take me through your daily routine. So right. he's like, I wake up, I make my coffee. Okay, he's like, when you make your coffee, how long does it take? He's like, takes about a minute and a half, two minutes, whatever. He was like, within those two minutes, do 20 squats. And he's like, do that two times this week. And that's the only thing I want you to do. And then all of a sudden, this guy was working out five, six days a week because he was like, oh, I have these two minutes. Like, Saturday let me do small. this, but let me make it five minutes and let me then make it 10 minutes and For whatever it sure. is. So starting small and building it up from there. And it could be with working out. It could be with meditating, meditating especially. I mean, oh, start yeah. with like a minute, right? Start with 30 seconds a yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Don't start even with five minutes, 10 minutes. It's not worth it. Yeah. Um, and then just build up build up build up and i and i that's what i did as well
0: and i think there's people underestimate how valuable or impactful that can be it's just like that dude doing 20 squats a day turned into him working out five days a week is when we try and implement health stuff it's people like, oh, i need to go on a diet so okay well today or your goal is to try and drink three liters of water for this week that's all i want to do so you focus on people like no i want to improve my diet i want to lose weight I'm like yeah we've got to build habits and start small so today it's three leaders next week it's four leaders and you're like you're not even talking about food it's just like you have to understand that you have to build the habits and the foundations it's a good one and then build that stuff on top because if you try and jump to something too aggressive then you're setting yourself up for failure right it's like oh even the going for a walk thing is, it, it, no matter what level you of fitness you are, getting up and going for a walk, if you can't make the gym is better than doing zero. So instead of like you said, small success versus medium failure 100% of the time. And, what, and water is a good one because water is like the most, it, one,
1: everyone drinks it, two, it's like a very accessible goal to have. Yeah. And it probably then like, once you see health benefits, because it's all about then seeing the subtle differences, right, like with water as well, when, when you, you see the working, subtle differences, yeah. You could potentially lose weight from it. You could just feel better. Your skin looks better. You look more radiant, You sleep better, whatever it is. Better energy. Yeah. Better energy. And all of a sudden, you're like, hey, maybe now I can eat more veggies or maybe yeah, now yeah, I sure. can, you know, ditch the fast food on Tuesday nights. Yeah. Like whatever it may be. It just
0: leads to other decisions. Yeah. And that's compounding. It's like training. It's just like, well, now I can't do one push up. Okay. So we're going to do five knee push ups until the point where we've done enough knee push ups that we can do the one push up where you couldn't do that before. So we have to make that progress and stack it. Um, What's the... So you've got a podcast. Yeah. Um, you've had some incredible guests on. Mm. What's the... Uh, are there any... This is kind of a bit of a tangent. Is the, Are there any common themes that you've found from the people you spoke to? We spoke yesterday briefly and you said something really cool or the other day. And you said it was like, uh, like having a, a free MBA where you're learning from all these amazing people and having all these amazing conversations. Are there any common themes from the people you spoke to that you've sort of like yep, I agree with that or is there anything common that you've found people who are these experts in these fields that are saying similar stuff?
1: Ooh, that's a very good question because firstly, I think like when, when we look at the podcast for every student which is really focused on providing people with tools to become the best version of themselves mm. because often what I feel is like a lot of podcasts will give you the theory but they won't give you the what is one thing I can do today yeah. in order to do this, right? Yeah. Like if we're speaking about Running, or if we're speaking about nutrition, or we're speaking about whatever. I just want to give the listeners the one thing that they can take away, the one tiny habit they can implement today to take that first step, rather than to look at medium failures, right? Yeah, look yeah, at yeah. small successes. Nice. And and the way that we've gone about doing this is by looking at all the relevant fields of a person's life, essentially. Mm-hmm. So looking at mental health, physical health. Um, in mental health, like we've brought on anyone from therapists to hypnotherapists to psychiatrists to whatever uh physical health we brought on you know ultra distance runners we've we've brought on people in the nutrition um, sphere and it's been very um for me like you said it's been a huge learning experience Mm -hmm. because one you know you choose who sits in front of you yeah and uh, hopefully people say yes you know to, to come and join the episode and then you just learn a yeah. tremendous amount because you ask the questions right yeah. so it's a very in, in a way it's quite selfish mm, um, but essentially you're asking
0: questions on behalf of the, of the listener um, that's exactly how I feel it's just like what do I want to find out from this person who yeah. has so much to offer and then hopefully other people can find the benefit in that Yeah, so. and I'll you
1: know you mix the two right yeah. like you'll say okay like I'm not just going to ask this for me <laughs> yeah. uh, unless it's really something I, I, I think the listeners are going to value from yeah. otherwise I'll ask you before or after the episode if it's genuinely for me uh, but I think from, from just common themes I, I think in terms of like takeaways it's all been very different okay just because the fields have been have been so different of course um but you know we can all agree that whether it comes to nutrition whether it comes to uh running 250 kilometers in the sahara desert like every episode has a very strong mental component to it Mm. so like talking a lot about mental health and how to take care of that because we and you mentioned it already, like we we we're often urged to take care of our physical health through through diet, through nutrition, through exercise, through whatever. Yeah. Um but the mental component is is often lacking still. Mm-hmm. And and to basically provide people with sort of tools and resources to to help with that. And yeah. this could be like I've had people on to talk about food that helps with anxiety, mm-hmm. right? Rather than just saying weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. Um you know, how can you take care of your mental health through food? And yeah. like, if you eat a fast food diet, like, what does it do to your mental health?
0: Um, it's crazy how that has such a big impact, right? It's
1: it's it's mind-boggling. Like I, I had on Drew Manning, fit to fat to fit. That was a good episode. Yeah, and he and I asked him. I was like, what did it feel like to to gain seventy-five pounds? Like, not necessarily from like physically, but like mentally, what did it feel like? And he's like, it felt sh- like shit. Yeah. You know, like you, you're low on energy, you get depressed, like you, uh, you feel like you felt embarrassed. Like he went to the supermarket and as part of the process, like he had to buy chocolates and chips and all that kind of shit. Yeah. And he was standing at the checkout line and he was just getting looks from people where it was like, you're, you're heavily overweight and you're buying all this shit. What are you doing? Yeah. He he was like, he wanted to tell them, (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm doing this as an experiment. But then he was like, no, this is part of it.
0: Yeah. Sure. you know
1: but he got to like he was like in a dark like he told me he was like in a dark place at at, at some points um you know wasn't good with his family like mm. all these sort of things so yeah, sure. um so i think mental health has been a huge overarching topic of the podcast yeah
0: uh that's interesting what what the uh, we also we we've mentioned a bunch of different strategies in here for trying to like optimize people's well-being and improve people's like health and wellness is it's not really realistic. Like we talk about um, like I've had a bunch of people on and, and spoke to other people about, oh, you should, this is for optimal for sleep, optimum for hydration, optimum for uh, mindset and all these different tools that are available to us, which I think are becoming very popular, which is really cool to see. Is there's obviously, there's, a, there's quite a difference between what's optimum and then what's realistic And then I have, work for 12 hours a day or i have to go to the gym still and whatever whatever. and even people we get guys in here that are really uh, ambitious with their training goals but like you only get an hour five days a week you're not going to be able to achieve that what do you think or how do you handle what's optimist optimal for what would be the ideal scenario if you were like you were single and you didn't have a job and all these beautiful things that you could do to be an amazing person and then having a a real job and being a grown-up is that how do you find a balance between choosing which ones you should spend your energy on in terms of like what activities and yeah, stuff. like we've been, we've, we've talked about journaling, meditation, and then we know like, um, so there's, I have a uh, this, uh, book called Perfect Day Formula by Craig Ballantyne where he has like, um, you shouldn't have caffeine 10 hours before you sleep, and yeah. you shouldn't have food and alcohol five hours before you sleep, and you shouldn't work three hours before you sleep, and you should have no screen two hours before, and you should have no lights one hour before. It's like, well, sometimes I'm coaching until 8 p.m., I try and bed by nine so I'm working and, and then I have to eat and I have to do all this stuff before I go to sleep so that's obviously not optimal as per that rule and yeah there's things you could probably do when you get to a point in your career when you can control your day to optimize for what you want to achieve but right now that's not realistic for a lot of people is how would you decide where to spend your chips if you had to pick which ones were
1: very clever mm-hmm. question and I think um, one what's important to to just shout out is You know, your morning routine is not going to be the same as mine. And for a good reason, right? Like, because it's personalized. Mm -hmm. Like, what I'm saying is is something that works for me. Like, genuinely, you might start this journaling process, for instance. And after, like, 10 days, you're like, screw this. Like, it's not not working for me at all. Um, I'm going to try and do it differently. I might do journaling tonight Mm -hmm. before I sleep versus when I wake up. So what I think is extremely important for people is to, this is actually an interesting question because I had a, I had a lady on called Celeste Headley who spoke about analyzing where your time goes. And okay. basically, and I'm not saying anyone should do this, but this is just a thought starter. to, To have a journal and at the end of the day, write down how you spend your time. So like literally writing down, I watched, four hours of Netflix today. Yeah. You know, and just do this for, I think she did it for two weeks. Okay. And then she looked back on it and she's like, holy shit. Like, I spent
0: 12 hours watching Netflix this This week. needs
1: to change. Yeah. Right. Because someone listening might be like, Stefan, I work from nine till seven. Yeah. Then I get home to my kids and, or I get home and then I, you know, I watch Netflix and, and I'm like, okay, but Netflix. Mm. Right. Like, so you watch Netflix, like, let's be honest and maybe you watch it for a bit too long uh, and you will say, okay, but I use it to, you know, calm my mind down. And I'm like, yeah, there's yeah. other practices that you can use. Just yeah. try it out for, for a little while. So I think the first thing is personalize your morning routine and your evening routine, Okay. right? Understand from, from, both, from both aspects, like what are valuable habits that you could potentially implement. So in the mornings for me, it'll be like walking, sunlight, cold shower, meditation, uh, exercise, hydration, uh, journaling, like these sort of things would be Part of my morning routine, yeah. And I, you can mix and match them however you however you please, and you can do it for as long as you want, mm-hmm. right? Like it could be 20 minutes. Okay. It can be 15 minutes. Uh, one big thing that I do in the mornings is I don't look at my phone for the first hour and a half of my day. Okay. Hour hour and a half of my day, and um, and the reason I do that is because you can wake up, look at your phone, and there could be a message that just
0: is you in gonna, a mood. Is,
1: yeah, just puts you in a shitty mood, right? It could be from your bank, it could be from your parents, it could be from your friends, it could be from your boss, whatever. Mm-hmm. When you go through your morning routine and then you look at that same shitty message, you're in a completely different frame of mind. Yeah. Right, so you're better able to deal with that versus like you look, you wake up, first thing you look at is your phone and then you see that message and you're just like, oh. Yeah. And then now you have to start your day. Yeah. So I think n- not looking at your phone, even if it's for the first 15 minutes, like just getting in the habit of like waking up not looking at it, doing some sort of morning routine for 15, 20, 30, one hour, whatever it is, um, will help set you up for that. Whether you are married with kids and you're working 12 hours a day, or you're an entrepreneur and you're working from home and you're single, right? Mm -hmm. Like creating some sort of structure to the first couple hours of your day, because those are the only hours that you can control. Yeah. Right, the second you step out the door and you're in your car, anything can happen. You're at the mercy of everybody else. Yeah. Road rage will, you know, yeah. like anything can happen. Yeah. Um, and the same goes for the evening. Like for me in the evening, I'll have like a particular uh, routine that basically helps me tone down a little bit, mm-hmm. and, you know, all the excitement from the day and w- all the thoughts from the day and whatever else. Um, and this goes down to light, like you said, meditation again, mm-hmm. um, music for me is a big one. Okay. Um, Planning my next day as yeah. well, so writing down what I'm what I'm doing the next day, um, hydrating, you know, tea, whatever else. But I think my my real point is that you can you can find a way to uh, at least allocate a little bit of time in the morning and the evening, mm. and include habits that would work for you. And they don't have to be uncomfortable.
0: They can Not, be comfortable if yeah. needed, right? Like yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. And again, it's like if. I think weighing up how important what is to you so if like this stuff's really important to me and I'm not making enough time for it and I'm watching Netflix episodes instead of reading or getting some downtime or doing things that I know are going to be helpful to me then I'm not being disciplined and it's not in line with what I want to achieve. And I in the morning same thing is um, I, I don't follow football. Uh, but the Euros is on, so every morning I'd wake up and check the results from the Euro the night before, and I was just like, "Oh, interesting." Scroll through the scores, and next thing you know, I'm checking messages and emails, yeah. and then the next time I'm on Instagram, I was like, "What am I doing?" It's like yeah. five in the morning. Why am I phone? <laughs> but then I found um, I had this the same rule for a while, where it was like, "Don't check your phone until you get to work," and then everything that you do before that. And this came from the same book, the Craig Ballantine book, is like. So his thing was set your alarm 15 minutes earlier. Start with 15 minutes. So if you usually get up at five, get up at 4.45, and then that 50 minutes is your time. And then that four, four 50 minutes is you can do whatever you wanna do that time. You could, if you wanna sit on your phone or if you wanna like just stretch or read or study for those 50 minutes, that's free time for you. And it's not gonna take that much away from your day. Because after that, someone's going to message you. Someone's going to want something for you. And then you're at the mercy of everybody like else. That. So do something for yourself before you get into your day. So for me, I started doing that. And I wake up. And then And then, well, then the other thing, this is like optimizing versus reality. Is that, like, okay, cool. So now I've got to set my alarm for 4.45 instead of 5. So it's like, well, that's 15 minutes extra sleep. So then I've got to try and get to bed 15 minutes early. and Then you're like, well, where do I, where do I fit that? And then there's always time. And again, is um, I think when it comes to this stuff, I try to be a, a quote-unquote higher performer or higher achiever when it comes to these things because I have the luxury of having a flexible schedule where I can, can control some of these things and trying to optimize it for my for my day whereas I know people that I've got like two or three kids that's going to be much harder yeah, to, man. to manage and, and stuff and then for me a big thing is is making coffee is I do poros every morning and that's like 12 minutes of making a coffee that isn't necessary but I enjoy that and that's almost like the last thing I do before I leave the house to go to work is I make a coffee. And so I'll wake up and I'll meditate and I'll breathe a little bit, stretch a little bit and then hydrate. That's for me, that's first 50 minutes of the day. And then at five o'clock, I'll start my day and my day starts with making coffee. So then now I'm at 5.15 by the time I finish and only things I've done has been selfish things for me. So even if they're like there's dishes left over from the night before, I won't do that. I won't do anything that isn't for me for that first half an hour of the day. And then when I go and get into my day, if I have road rage or something else happens, at least you've achieved something for yourself in that day. And that's one thing that I've tried to to just make a little bit of time for yourself. Cause I always, if I forget to meditate in the morning, I feel it through the rest of the day. I don't have as productive a day. And then I think I'll make it up later. I'll do it later. But I never feel like doing it at night. Yeah. And, ne- and I always say, well, you could, we've got like a quiet room next door, like a storm. I could go sit in there for 10 minutes, but I never like find the time to go and do that. Cause once it's gone, it's gone. There's always something else you're going to be thinking about. So that's one thing that was really helpful for me is buy yourself a little bit of time. Even if it means you're getting up at 4.45 in the morning to do that is, um, And my wife, she's, we're expecting a baby in November. Congratulations. Thank you. And a friend of a good friend of mine, he was really into his pour of a coffee. He's like, dude, like that stopped four years ago when I had my first kid. So now I'm like (laughs) savoring every drip of the coffee in the morning. (laughs) How do
1: you, um, I mean, the first thing, just in terms of what you're, what you're telling me, like just advice is for other people is is to also be forgiving with yourself. Yeah. Right. Like I think if you, if you, if you don't, if you're really doing your best to become a better person and you slip here yeah you know once or twice it's completely okay that makes sense um yeah right but how do you advise people to
0: wake up earlier because like four forty-five is yeah but this is a hundred percent bearing in mind that i start my day at six i have to coach my first session at 6 a.m and that's every day so it's accountability exactly so for me it's um i don't have a choice i have to be here at six So if I want any time to myself before that, I have to move it to 4.45. If there's a day where I don't have to be until 7.30, then I'm not going to wake up till 5.45 because I get that extra hour of sleep. So I'll definitely tailor it around my day. Um, But for me, that's just, I'm unfortunate that I'm in an industry where it requires me to be bright-eyed, bushy-tailed at 6 a.m. Whereas if you're working at night, I was going to ask you, how long do you spend on your morning routine? Like, with you, if you pick your, like, Three or four different things you didn't want. How long is that for you? An
1: hour and a half. Yeah,
0: that, that's like for me. That's the dream. Is when have you ever been through the exercise where you map out your perfect day? Yeah. My perfect day starts with like 90 minutes of like meditation, stretching, all the uh, digesting the information that I want to consume, and that would be the ideal for me. And then at 7:30, come in and start coaching people would be the mm. dream. Whereas now it's like no, I have to be there at six. So for me, if I want to do anything, then I've got to be 4:45. One thing that's helped. Have you ever used sleep cycled the alarm? It's like an yeah. iPhone app, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like I've been using that for about 18 months now and I think I've never woken up to like, oh, I don't want to wake up. It's always like a general wake up and it's always like, I'm, I'm ready to go. Cause that's the other thing with this, the Craig Ballantyne thing is no snoozing. Is like, don't snooze. It's, it's like get a up, big one. Get yeah. up and start your day straight it's away. It's a big one. Um, have you noticed anything in the last kind of like year, two years? Um either yourself or with people you spoke to that COVID's changed with regards to the amount of people that are interested in meditating or practicing these spiritual activities. Is there anything that's changed in the, since COVID hit? Have you yeah, noticed anything?
1: Yeah, like interest skyrocketed, yeah.
0: right? Because people, like, I don't know if you
1: know this uh, app called Calm. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Calm downloads like were up by uh, like a thousand percent. Like it was oh, ridiculous. Wow. Okay. Like they they blew up and, and obviously a lot of these, a lot of these guys then added in free, um, like meditations to deal with COVID or to deal with lockdown or to deal with whatever else. And one of the things that, you know, I did was I became a meditation teacher in January. Um, and particularly for this reason, because I just saw that so many people were, I I don't want to say necessarily. Yeah. They were suffering. Right. Mm And they they would want to try meditating, but they wouldn't necessarily know where to start. Okay. Or am I, like you, like you were like, am mm. I doing it right, am I not doing it right? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, it's frustrating, blah, blah, blah. And I, I wasn't at a place where I felt confident to teach people, you know, how to do it effectively. And I I, I didn't want to be that guy who just, you know, implemented his own practice on other people. Mm. So I was like, let me do this course so that I can, I can, properly teach people how to do it and like explain the benefits of it and in a bit more of a professional way. Nice. Um so that so definitely the the demand for meditation has gone up a lot. Cool. Um and I and I do get a lot of questions about like how to start and mm-hmm. and and these sort of things. So
0: yeah I think there's a lot of like awareness around looking after yourself since the lockdowns happen and people losing jobs and stuff and there's a lot more high stress and high anxiety stuff i think it's become a lot more popular discussion to have around mental health and and ways you can benefit and and help that and i think for me my interest is not that we work with elite level athletes sorry guys but the there's a lot that I feel can benefit training. And like I said, at the start is, my mission is to try and find ways to help people improve their training. And one of these ways is definitely these tools. But I think dealing with life and stress and and all these other things that people are probably struggling with more now than ever before, I think finding ways to help deal with that's really cool too and I think there's a lot more available and I said these apps, there's more of them and I, I'll i go on YouTube and just put five minute guided meditation and find yeah. whatever's thing and there's so much out there and there's so many podcasts that offer it and I think that's really cool. That and it's all free, around. you know, yeah. like that's
1: another thing. Like yeah. meditation is one of the most accessible things in the world. Um, granted, you need to find what works for you. Like yeah. I can't I can't listen to guided meditations. Yeah. Uh, I just need to be in, in silence. And other people like can only do guided meditations, and you have to find a vo- like you know a voice that works for you, yep. and maybe you like music with it, maybe you don't, maybe you like to go to actual classes versus guided meditations, you know, on YouTube or on an app. So you just need to find as well what works for you, but just start somewhere.
0: Yeah, nice. Uh, last question or last couple questions around meditation, as we're on the on the subject, is. Um, that kind of answered the question is the is getting started is, and like I mentioned earlier with a guy I spoke to before is it, there was not stigma because there's no one ever talks about meditation as a bad thing or you should, Oh, you should be careful when you start meditating, but it was more of a like where to start and you just gave a couple of good examples there, but how would you suggest someone gets into it? And I generally feel like no harm can come of it other than like, if you don't get any benefit from it, worst case is you wasted five to 10 minutes of your day. But yeah. how would you, Suggest or what tips you'd give to people if they were looking to go down this route?
1: So the first thing I would say is, when it comes to meditation, don't think of meditation as sitting like cross-legged, eyes closed, focusing on your breathing. Mm. Meditation can be anything, yeah. right? Meditation can be you going for a walk without your phone. Yeah, that can be a meditation, right? Because again, like we spoke about, like the distractions and this and that. Like for me, it's it's stepping away from distraction first and foremost. And for someone who might feel uncomfortable you know, sitting with our eyes closed or lying down with our eyes closed or whatever it is, go for literally go for a 10 minute walk without your phone and see how you feel after do that for a week or mm-hmm. do that for however long you want. Um, then when it comes to the actual part of sitting down with your eyes closed, I would start with a minute of focusing on your breathing. And the way that you would do this is, um, I have I mean, there's so many different techniques that we can mm. we can go into, but one of the easy ones is to just uh, count your breaths mm. so you know breathe in through your nose, out through your nose, and that's one and then two, three up to ten, and mm. then from ten down to zero. simple because um, what that does it just makes you focus on one particular thing yeah, right Now, if you lose count you have two options. One is you, you start from zero and you, you go again uh, or you just continue from where you left off. And one of the things that happens when you do that, so let's say that I get to three and then my mind wanders yeah, and then I bring it back. That's, a, that's like a rep in the gym. Yeah. Like that's like doing a bicep curl, right? Like you're making the muscle stronger by bringing your attention back to your breathing or to whatever it is. Like that's where that's the practice right the pra- the success is not in oh i did 100 breaths right flawless i carried to 100 yeah, yeah 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 no that's not that's not impressive like that's not what we're looking for yeah. what we're looking for is that whenever you lose that focus that you're able to bring it back nice that's success for me in meditation amazing um so it's very i, I don't want to say e- I'm, I'm talking about the, the process itself is very simple to understand mm-hmm. Um, so I think for starters for people like if you can do 30 seconds of just breathing and bringing your attention back to your breath, yeah um, that's a, that's a fantastic starting point and then and then build it up from there go to a minute, go to
0: five, go to yeah. ten. And when you put it that way that's that's the, the aim and that's the, the what you're striving for that's very simple when you talk about people think it's like try and clear your mind as people sit down and try and think how the hell do I start that? But when it's just like no you just concentrate and a can your breath, if you lose focus, bring it back in. And that's what we're doing. That's our rep.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I think, so, so what happened when I started this journaling process is that all the shit that I would think about during meditations is now already on a piece of paper. So right? you journal, then meditate. I journal, then I stretch. Ah. Just like, because when I'm sitting and meditating, I just want my body to be like relatively warm. Nice. Um, and then I meditate cool i like that get it out get yeah basically get it out move a little bit yeah. so you know you're just you wake up a little bit more yeah and then meditate and then after have coffee whatever but like and then meditate um and what's that that's really allowed me to really focus in a much more in a much better way that makes way. a lot of sense yeah uh, i'm gonna try that i'll keep you posted yeah you should
0: and i know i so said that was the last one but uh, i noticed you were in a whoop yeah do you rate it you into it
1: yeah, I've been wearing it for like three and a half years now. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early adopter. Yeah, relatively early adopter. I uh, I got it from a friend of mine who was like, you should try this out. Mm. and um, And it's just kept me... It's like my mom
0: shouting at me, <laughs> you know, like, go to sleep. Do you, uh, how how much attention do you pay to it if it's saying, like, if your recovery is low, do you, you listen to it and you go, cool, I'll take it a little bit easier on yeah. training today? Yeah, so yeah. you notice that, I'm, we're, I was discussing with a couple people that are very anxious exerciser and they they get blown up quite quickly they've got like a high state of arousal so they'll get like oh this is I'm gonna this workout's gonna be hard I'm gonna and they're like overly stressed going into it and so the uh, this specific person I was talking about talking to doesn't wear a whoop, but does say they have a very high resting heart rate. And I was like, we need to look at like some calming exercises, stuff that will reduce your stress. Cause if you're going into a, especially a crossfit workout or a high intensity workout, you're going into a sympathetic nervous system where you're going to have a high level of arousal, where your heart rate is going to be very high. We don't want to spend too much time there. So we want to think about staying very calm, getting high for our exercise, and then coming back down again as quickly as we can. On both sides, yeah. On both sides, yeah. yeah. Coming out of that, uh, that state as fast as possible. Um, and I feel like having lower resting metrics, like uh, or a higher HIV and a lower resting heart rate, will will benefit to that. Do you notice any changes if you've meditated and done breath work that that impacts anything you've got on your wrist? Yeah, hundred percent. Nice. Yeah, and and I, uh,
1: you know how whoop like so for whoever doesn't have a whoop, like there's an app that you that you look at with with all the stats, and it'll give you comments, right? Like it'll tell you. Like once you fill up that morning journal of like, that, did yeah. you meditate today? Did you do this? Did you do that? And I'll say, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And I'll look at my recovery. And if it's, let's say it's high recovery today, it'll say the days that you've meditated, uh-huh. your recovery is up by 8%. Nice.
0: Um, so I definitely realize the difference yeah and that's cool and that's when you start seeing the benefits right you're talking about the habits when you start seeing the benefits for doing it, it's easier to stay disciplined stick to that
1: yeah and especially and with everything right like yeah. even like it'll ask me like did you take your magnesium supplement yeah you know did you uh wear blue light blockers did you whatever else it is and whenever i'm like oh no i didn't and all <laughs> of a sudden it's like okay well that's why well, you, you had at nine percent less remnants. yeah that's yeah. why you <laughs> didn't sleep well um so it's it's just helped me like stay on track very cool in a very very good way like I think whoever wears whoop like it's like a cult you know like we all nerd out on it and like we all compare statistics to each other and like we have all these competitions and whatever else but I think it's really just um, it's a nice tool to have because
0: otherwise like how do you yeah everything's subjective you could wake up and you could be feeling a bit groggy and you'd be like oh, i can't train hard today but really the body's actually primed for it but you don't know because you don't have a second opinion on what well, actually your metrics say you're pretty good so yeah like it. i have a friend of mine who's like um
1: who used it for a while and now he's like you know i'll, I'll understand how i feel in the morning and, and i'm okay great like i'm definitely not there yeah like i'm definitely in a state where i'm like if my recovery is red which it rarely is thankfully but if it's red I'm like, okay, this is
0: definitely a sign that you need to move things around today and take mm. it easy. And I'm the same. It's. I won't, it's not gospel to me. It won't be like if I wake up and I'm green, but I still feel a little bit tired or I don't feel like I'm going to be able to push training. Just because it's green, I'm not going to crush myself. And likewise, if it's red, I wake up and it's red. And I'm feeling awesome. I'll still go train, but maybe I'll pull it back a little bit. But it's it's a it's a very good second opinion to me. Yeah. And especially on like if you wake up and you're like, man, I feel dead. And you wake up and you look at your sleep score it was terrible. You're just like, yeah, I probably should take it a little bit easier today. But
1: you also have it like on the flip side where you wake up, you feel dead, and you have like a 90% recovery. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> what like, are you Wait talking Wait a about? second. <laughs> 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 Stefan, that was awesome, man. Thank you so much. No, no, I appreciate you Where can you having people me. go to find your stuff? So uh, Stefan runs DXB, S-T-E-P-H-A-N runs dxb is my personal handle nice um forever student show is the podcast i mean you can find it on all platforms we're not very we don't engage a lot on social media um but you can contact us if if needed and and yeah here to answer any questions or have conversations with
0: whoever yeah i've listened to a couple of yours in the last couple of weeks and uh i listened to the prince ea when it came out oh yeah that was amazing uh the Marcus Smith one I listened to not long uh, when that one came out as well, and then recently the one with Dave Cachado and uh and Drew Manning was all very interesting ones, so go and check those out guys. So thank you so much, brother. Thank you. Have an amazing day guys and we'll speak to you next week.